You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Happy New Year. It is January the 4th, time of recording. We couldn't be more ecstatic to be back. Local Bar can be found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. You can check us out at localbarmedia.com. If you want to email the show, chat at localbarmedia.com. Follow us on Facebook, Local Bar Media, and on Twitter, Local Bar Media. If you'd like to follow Maria from Welding a Family, our other podcast that's come roaring back this week with a great episode. Whether you've got kids or not, I'm going to tell you, if you've, if you've been wanting to hear that show, this is the one to listen to. For my, so for all my friends that say, I'd love to hear your show, but I just don't have kids, no, 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 no. Go go listen to this one. It's a it's a very special one, and I'm I'm very uh very happy uh, to have that show coming back. Um, and you can support us, Patreon.com/slash/localbar. Uh, going to Patreon is a place where you can go to make a pledge, whether it's fifty cents, a dollar, whatever it is. Um, and you can go and uh, pledge money to the show. And we will gladly, gladly, gladly accept your money, put it towards what we're doing here, keeping us on the airwaves. Um, because right now is a very, very weird time with us. So let me let me let me tell you something. All right. I'm um I want to talk to you this week about um the new year. And not in like a resolution-y kind of thing. I did a show last year that I was I was shocked. I was a little surprised um, at how much attention it got. It was called "Starting the Year Off Right." I don't I don't know what um, search parameters that populated, but it's amazing how many people <laughs> went nuts over that show. It was downloaded like crazy. And I, 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 I'm, I'm surprised at that. And here's why: because I've done a show before about how I don't really do resolutions. Um, I, uh, I, I, I do a thing. I read uh, Emmett Smith, the NFL's all-time rushing leader. Something that he's done his entire life that I think is, I think he said his grandmother taught him. As every year on his birthday, he will write down things he wants to accomplish over the next few months, over the next year, over the next few years. And then every birthday, he spends time just to, just to himself to evaluate how he did on all that and how his progression is going. I, I do that. I do something similar to that. Um, so I don't really do resolutions. I also get really pissed off at resolutions because I go to the gym. Now, I'm not against anyone wanting to better themselves. Please, please hear me on that. But I go to a gym that's pretty busy anyway, and then January and February roll around, and I know that I've got to be a little bit more patient, but I I just have a problem. Not the first couple of days. No, people are in there. They're usually working with a personal trainer. They're usually asking for help over on this weight bench. Um, they're usually working with another friend. That That's all well and good. But about um, next week, more towards the 15th, something's going to happen. And here's what that something is. People are going to go to the gym by themselves because, well, I've started this resolution. I have to keep doing it. And at the gym that I go to, there's plenty of like, um, there's plenty of um, 
cardio equipment. If I want to go do some cardio work, I can find a treadmill. Oh, I'm probably not getting in one in the cardio theater, but up along the track, down by where the stair climbers are, um, over on this other side. Like, I know where I can go to knock out 30 to 40 minutes of cardio if I want to do that. But it's, it's down in the weight level where somewhere around the 15th, people will finish their set and then sit there for five freaking minutes on the machine. I call them campers, and they camp out. And what really makes me mad is now with the way we've pushed forward with our, with our, um, our telephones, people will pull their phones out while they're camping. And probably text and tweet, man, this workout is killing me, but I'm still here. Hashtag goals for the year. Hashtag 2019 is going to be my 19. I don't know. Whatever people are hashtagging. And, and that's fine. If you're not on the dang machine, I, like, you got to walk up to people. You got to be rude. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I work in here? No, uh, I'll be done in just a minute. You've been sitting there for 10 uh, oh, I don't know. I didn't realize it's today thumb day. No, that's what we're doing with our phone. Is it's thumb day. I thought it was arm day. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was the thumb machine. So it's really hard <laughs> to start out the new year in a positive way by doing the things that you know everybody else is going to want to do for the rest. Don't even get me started about getting a lane in the pool. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The pool, the pool is not for walking over on the side in the shallow area. It's not for walking. You swim in this damn thing. Anyway, anyway. Um, so I'm not, I'm not like a big resolution guy. I saw something on Facebook the other day. Uh, it was a friend of, a friend of ours was at, um, a New Year's Eve thing. And she said, um, uh, I'm going. I'm not going to do a resolution this year. Instead, I'm going to come up with a word that I'm going to live by for this year. And there was everybody was putting comments below, like empowered, uh, um, uh, thrilling, uh, fearless. And I, I was thinking like vagina. Like I, I like I couldn't think of words like that. Like I can't take I can't take that stuff seriously. I just can't. And I'll tell you why. Because in six months from now, unless those people have that word tattooed somewhere on their body, they're gonna forget. Did I say fearful? They'll forget what that word was. It it does seem to be um something I, I guess this is what my thing is. And and probably in talking with other folks Probably comedians too much. The, the thing about whenever we do things like this socially, the reason it bothers me, it shouldn't bother me, right? People want to do better by themselves. But the reason it bothers me is we all know you're not going to do it. Rarely have I ever seen someone say, I'm going to do this New Year's resolution and get past June because we've made it socially acceptable to not follow through. So when people talk with such empowerment at the beginning of the year, it's like, all right, how about back that down a little bit? Let, let's make some realistic goals. Which brings us to today. Uh, there, there is no one that is happier to put 2018 behind him than me. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, I, I was very open in the second half of the year, particularly the last quarter, that last year um, is arguably uh, the, the worst year I've ever had in my entire life. And the bad thing about that is you have to do all you can to stop that cycle. And I don't want to carry it into this year. But there's no resolution that I can make that, that's going to suddenly get me where I need to be. And I get the feeling that I'm not alone in that. I, I think there's a lot that people um, were down about in the last couple of months of the year last year. And, and I think that as time seems to be speeding up, there, there needs to be, uh, I think, a different perspective on how we face these, th these next couple of months that really will 
or quite possibly, can set the tone for what the new year is going to be. I want to jump into something that my dad did 17, 18 years ago that I think is something we all need to uh, take heed to in helping us start off this year the right way. So those of you that picked up a notebook to say, I'm going to find what my New Year's resolution is on the local bar this year, why don't you go ahead and set that thing down, crack open a, a bottle of whatever your favorite is, and let's sit here and talk rationally for a few moments about how we need to be a little bit more irrational this year. And I'll see you on the other side of this break. I'm a wounded man in this cold, cold war. Decorated with pain, insulated by more. Got my ear to the ground for what's in store. Every star in the sky reminds me of you Half a world away, still your light shines through If I keep you above, I'll find no truth Never thought I would lose myself so far away. I never thought I would lose myself so far away in this cocoa. It has been it has been raining here in Columbia for like uh, two weeks. Like, it's crazy how this rain's been. But the rain did hold off. And I want to say a big thank you for those of you that came out uh, to my favorite place, Foxfield Bar and Grill, uh, on New Year's night. Uh, Dotton, Markle, and the Blacksmiths played. The guys and lady from Wombat Junction came and, and joined us. I had never heard them before. I've heard great things about them. Man, what what a what a great show! Uh, really loved it. It was it was really cool uh, getting a chance to listen to Wombat Junction. Uh, great vocals. And we had, I was in charge of the PA. We had to use my band's PA, my my, um, my cover band that I play in. We have a really nice PA system, and um, I had to get that for uh, for them to to use. I am not an uh, electronics expert, but I know how to plug things in. And uh, I want to just say thank you to Wombat Junction for being a little patient. <laughs> I was also at my house. So I live two blocks away. This very recording studio is two blocks away from Foxfield. Last night when we were recording Welding a Family, we could sit and listen to them doing uh, open mic night outside. It's a really cool place. Just a really cool place to live in this very um, underrated artsy district of, of Columbia here in Rosewood. And um, it was uh, it was really neat that uh, that I could hear them playing. So, uh, but I was on New Year's. We had kids at the house, so I'm trying to be dad and rock star. So at you know when it came midnight, Maria's like, "Are you going to meet me so I can give you a good night? I mean, a good night, kiss, a midnight kiss, Happy New Year, kiss." Yeah. Well, she thought we were done playing. I don't know why she thought we weren't playing at eleven. We were playing all the way up to 12 And then a little bit after So I jumped off the stage Ran out in the street real quick to give her a kiss While the band played Auld Lang Syne I think And then I ran back on stage So if you were there wondering where I ran off for a second I did have husbandly duties To take care of So uh, 
but I want to say um, uh, thank you to all those who come out. It's January. This is the time that it gets a little bit low on the music scene uh, around these parts. This is when your, your musicians all start kind of hibernating. And this is where, like, new stuff generally comes out. So we may be quiet here for a month or two. Uh, most, of your, uh, most of your folks probably are. And then, uh, I don't know, February and March, I keep an eye open for maybe some, some new breakthroughs in some areas with the, with the band. Uh, but you can check us out, Dimark on the Blacksmiths on Facebook. Uh, we've got videos, albums out there on iTunes. Uh, give it a give it a uh, chance if you ever get a second. Uh, we love 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 having folks come out. We had a great crowd. Oh my God, what a great crowd on New Year's. Two years ago, we played on New Year's. It was ten degrees. This year, we were in shorts. Well, I wasn't, but people were out there in shorts. It was amazing. Rain held off. Perfect. Great evening. Thank you for all of you that want to brave the weather with us. We have a good time. So, uh, yeah, it's raining. It's raining right now. I'm out here in the studio. It's raining. Life, life seems to have been raining for a long time. Like I said, Nathan Jessup said in, uh, in uh, um, oh, my gosh. What is that movie? The Steve Martin movie. Oh, my God. What, what movie is it? The Are You Ready for a Miracle movie. You want to know when it's going to rain? I want to know when it's going to stop. Yeah, I, I want to know when it's going to stop. I want to know when the damn rain's going to stop. It's driving me nuts. It's like I we, we probably should start building an arc if this crap keeps up. I don't know if Lowe's has got a run on lumber, but we, we need to do something because this, this is getting ridiculous. Um, I... um. In doing the show uh, last night with Maria and doing Welding a Family, we had a long talk um, about uh, being very forthright and open. And I've been very, uh, very blunt with you on this show now for three years. And um, I feel kind of bad because the last, <laughs> the last half of uh, the year last year, like I said before, was, was kind of on a downturn, you know, not as peppy. As it usually is, and uh, I got emails from people. Hey, you, you are you all right? Like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, but, but quite frankly, I wasn't. It was, a, it was a hard time. I had a really hard time, and I'm having a hard time now. A company that I work for went under. Yeah, it went under. Working for you know doing consulting for a company, and they just flat up slammed the door shut, and that's it. Well. There's there's some interesting stories to that <laughs> that I can't share. Um, I've gotten a few of you, a few of you have emailed in uh, because you were aware of my position with this uh, this national company. I, I I talk about it a little bit, but I kind of I kind of kept it on the lowdown. If you follow the business that I've been in. Um, some of you have found this show because of that, and I do appreciate you being a part of the show and, and sticking around, even though I don't talk uh, that tech stuff here on, on the show. Uh, and a, a lot of you have asked very specific and very poignant questions towards what happened. I just can't tell you. All right? I just can't. Thank you for asking. I, I, it, would not, it would not be right for me to divulge what happened. But if you've heard something, it's probably right. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about it. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, yeah, tough time. Tough time to end the year. Again, essentially unemployed. Now, it wasn't like what happened to me last year. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for work now. And that stinks. It stinks going into the holidays and then coming out of it. Like, like you were, you were set with a, a major position at a major company and then it just folded its doors and that that that's a horrible way to begin the year with not much of a parachute mind you it's been a it's been a tough go of it one of the things whenever i'm in a bad situation though i don't ever want to let my attitude get the best of me and so one of the things i did last year was i found stand up comedy because, yeah, I wanted to do something different. But more importantly, I, I wanted to do something that was going to keep me in a good mood. I wanted to do something that was going to have me writing something funny as often as I could. 
not because I thought I was going to suddenly find a job touring. You know, I'm I've had I've had Jen Snyder on the show before. I love Jen Snyder to death. I think she's one of the most underrated acts I have ever seen. I, I'm not trying to give too much lip service to her. If you have not seen Jen Snyder yet, I know that she's doing something at the Warmouth here in Columbia cl- coming up pretty soon. Go go see her. Go see her. She is an incredible talent. I, I love the fact that I got to do some stuff with with Jen Snyder. I, you know, open mic nights. I got to watch her. I got to get to like uh, kind of like chat with her a little bit. Hell, I, they would put me on in front of her. Like so, I kind of got to open for her. You know, her five minute thing that she would do. I loved it. It put some pressure on me. Hey, dude, be good. And I, and I, I liked being able to do that. And I liked it because it kept me positive at a time where I could really be very negative. And we we all do that. And I'm going to tell you, that's my worry with New Year's resolutions. All kidding aside and all the little funny jokes I was saying before aside, what I worry about is people make resolutions and then they don't follow them up because, like I said, we find it socially acceptable that you're supposed to not do that. And then what you do is you look at an empty box that you never check off for the rest of the year. And whether you realize it or not, it has a negative effect on you. Now, I learned this stuff as far as watching how you let things affect you. I learned it a long time ago, and I remember where I was when this became apparent to me. Um, Growing up a Methodist preacher's kid, uh, if you don't know what, what happens in the South Carolina conference, they move Methodist preachers around about once every four years. It's the idea to keep... Ideas fresh, uh, I guess, keep people from being too attached to their preachers. Um, and, and, and we spent four years in, in Florence, South Carolina. It's not a very large city. Uh, it's a neat place. Uh, it's kind of a cool city. It's got its, it's, its parts. Uh, it's, a, it's a neat place to stop on the way to the beach. Uh, but it, it did. I, Florence was by far not the, the city that I... I disliked the most growing up as a matter of fact uh, when i was a kid i actually really enjoyed florence I, I really did and there's always um a place in my heart that i appreciate about florence those of you that are from south carolina or either people that have moved away from florence often talk negatively about it i, I did like it and i still find that city kind of fun to pass through whenever I, I i go by uh by the way go south florence bruins um Years ago, though, I had a I had a Sunday school teacher, and it, it we were in we were in Sunday school, and it was around Christmas, and she suddenly started talking. I was in uh I was in middle school, I believe. I, yeah, I was pretty sure I was in middle school, and she said, "Uh, well, shouldn't we start telling kids that they're okay?" So wait a minute, wait, 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 time, 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 time. I need to give a little warning here. If you're listening to this show. And you're in the earshot of any kids. Or one could walk in the room here in a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask that you, you stop listening or put headphones in. I'm giving you a fair warning. This is over a 20-second warning. So for those of you that have skipped, I want you to know... If you are listening anywhere around children, you probably need to stop for a little bit or turn this down really, 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 really low. Okay? You've been warned. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Um, teacher said, uh, shouldn't we tell kids that there is no Santa Claus? And I remember we were all sitting around. It's a yeah, Sunday school class of about 10, 10 people my age. I was like, well, why? Well, because it's a lie. Because it should be about Jesus. It shouldn't be about Santa. Santa's a farce. Santa is actually what Jesus would have taught against. I, I think she even said something about false idols in there. All right. All right. So my folks that listen to this show that are not faith-based people, I probably already won you over with with my thoughts on this. I thought this woman was absolutely crazy. 
I also thought that she was just a very cold person. And one of the things about being a preacher's kid is there's a survival instinct that I think you 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 grab. I, most of the other preacher's kids I've ever met, it's 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 weird. It, it, we're divided into to two halves. One half that wants to be absolutely oblivious to this point, and and they expect people just to come to them and kind of coddle them. I, I've never understood that, but it does seem to run rampant in some preacher's kids. But the bulk of us understand as a survival technique, you have to learn to read people and their physical, their nonverbal communication. You have to watch how they say things, listen for patterns in their speech. This is nothing that I ever took a class on. It was something that when I would go listen to people speak on this, I thought, holy crap, this is something that every preacher's kid, I swear, learns how to do. And so suddenly I was paying very close attention to this lady, and I realized that already in my head I was trying to figure out not what she was saying. I got it. I understood where she where she was coming from. I already disagreed with it. I didn't have to put much thought into it. But why? Why was she saying this? What about her and her life was, was coming out in this moment of essentially wanting to take part of childhood away from children the very people that own childhood i suddenly over the next few days asked my dad a lot about my teacher now what happened was dad was very aware of this dad heard about this this was something that was going around in uh the community it was something that he uh he realized uh, was something that 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 needed to be addressed, and so it didn't surprise my dad that this was being talked about in his own church. Oh, he was pretty pissed about it, I'm sure. I've never asked him, "Hey, Dad, you're the preacher of this church. What you think about your Sunday school teachers going around like <laughs> talking about crap that you're vehemently against?" I haven't really asked him that. I can already think of the non-preacher type words that would come out of his mouth. I, so I'm just going to say that I I think I understand where my old man would be on this. We'll 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 leave it alone <laughs> for for right now, but. I asked my dad a lot about, tell me about this teacher. Tell me about who she is. Now, I don't say this as a way to be derogatory against her character in a debate here, causing her to lose any credibility in order to push my idea of this forward. That's not what I'm trying to do. I want you to understand, though, what I learned about this lady from my dad from the lady that was our youth director, someone that I looked up to very highly at the time, and a couple of other folks that knew her. This lady was a lady that was going through a hard time in her life. She was either divorced or going through a divorce. I can't quite remember. She had recently had a death in her family. Life wasn't very easy for this lady. I think what was happening to her was she was letting the negative energy that surrounded her come out everywhere. Yeah, you ever seen the Michael Douglas movie Falling Down? Watch that, watch that movie. There's something about that movie that greatly draws you in and and puts you in the position of this man and then it goes off to an extreme it, it, it goes somewhere absolutely crazy but what you see is this guy being irritated by uh daily happenings and suddenly saying and doing things that in our mind man if only i could tell this guy what i really thought uh another movie that does this uh it's a comedy office space where they make fun of stuff that goes on in offices all the time. And we all do it. Like, oh, my God, yes, my office is just like that. My manager is just like that. Oh, my God, if only I could bring in a salmon and wrap it in newspaper and gut it right there on my desk because I didn't care about my job. If only I could do that. You know, there are times that we want that release. But there are times when that release can be very detrimental and damaging. And I learned this concept because of this debate. I remember the very next Sunday it being addressed again. Now, I went back against the Sunday school teacher pretty harshly about it, but I also knew 
my stance. Whenever I say anything that is, it's funny. Preachers' kids are 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 like a, a like a contradiction in terms. We're supposed to be the kids that are the worst kids in the neighborhood. Yet when we go to church, we're supposed to know everything about the Bible. Why? Because we're the preachers' kids. And th- there's another time if my dad is taking a stance on something and I am against it and I speak out like a youth group against it, like no, I don't agree with him. Then I'm just oh, you're just being a preacher's kid. And then if my dad is saying something and I am I am in agreement with it, it's oh, well you're just sitting there waving the team flag. Like it, you, you can't win as a preacher's kid. So you learn at an early age, at least. I, I, I hope that most of us did to not worry about that and just get your point out there. And so I kind of learned that in this sense too. Like I knew that the teacher was going to think I'm just parroting something that my dad said, but I wasn't. I remember saying, well, this makes no sense to me because do, do children really understand you? Why can't kids, why can't kids believe in both? Why do you have to come in and take something away from someone? But but as a middle school child, I couldn't really convey what I was feeling. And I knew what I was going against was not so much a confliction in ideology. No, I was going against a lady who was hurting in her life and quite frankly wanted to Michael Douglas this stuff away from children, wanted maybe some of it was for other people to hurt, maybe for all of us just to cut all the crap out, and let's just look at what things really are, because this is what it's all about, is Jesus. Why aren't you paying attention to Jesus? You know, forcing people to look at the Bible, the very thing that really brings atheists to our church. It's Yeah, it worked. It works great. I'm going to tell you, for those of my friends that are not faith-based people that listen to this show, this is why I don't dump stuff on you. Why? I don't know. Forcing people to accept the Bible doesn't really seem to work. So I try not to do that. But my dad. There are a couple of times in my dad's career. There are a couple of times that my dad has calmly walked up to the plate. And knocked the ball, not into the stands, but out of the park. Sauntered around all three bases before walking slowly to home. In this case, I don't know that it won the game. And it was definitely done in the opposing team's stadium. But it was brilliant. And it's something that I have always thought of whenever moments like this have come up, whether they have to do with Santa Claus or not. Now, let me explain the imagery that I just gave you. The Florence Morning News on December 4th in 1991 put out a uh, a headline. And there was uh, an ethics lecturer that that was coming through town or somewhere, and the uh, B- the Baptist church in town had uh, picked up on it. They'd run with it, and this was running through that Florence community. Again, not a small small town, but a small enough city to where things like this could run rampant amongst parents at the time. My dad wrote this letter to the editor, and it was brilliant. I want to read it to you right now. In defense of Santa Claus, the Reverend Dr. B. Mike Alexander, Jr., Highland Park United Methodist Church. The Florence Morning News headline on December 4th, 1991, caught my attention. Quote, parents should come clean, tell kids truth about Santa, end quote, was the advice from ethics lecturer Judith Boss. I am not ashamed to affirm my belief in Santa Claus nor to find a place for him alongside holy celebrations of this season. Except for the very callous or pseudo-progressive, most parents delight in introducing this kindly fellow to their children. Interestingly, I find Santa customs vary among our homes. Santa hides his gifts in one home, in some places he wraps his surprises in Christmas wrapping, but not in others. He leaves sooty books. Boot tracks on a few carpets, a thank you note for cookies and milk in some homes, and even instructions for improving specific behavior problems for one friend's children. 
Alike in all these homes are the family warmth and love that come with establishing these traditions. And what a beautiful correlation to the warmth and love that Jesus' birth established. So what if little kids sometimes get Jesus and Santa Claus confused? Jesus said, let the children come to me. And children sing, since Jesus came into my heart. How like Jesus Santa is. What a wonderful role model each is for the other. Both of these men's unselfish love towards humankind knows no bounds. Maybe that is why children do not seem to have trouble believing in either man. How sad that adults just are not as believing in Santa, in themselves, in their feeling, in Jesus' love. We are often too rational, too reasonable, too hard, perhaps too afraid. If we get too close to becoming touched emotionally, how like us to step back and become aloof and critical? Critics, for example, place the blame for crass commercialism on Santa. Why, I am sure he does not even own a Visa or MasterCard. His credit comes with his heart. For once, why shouldn't we stop reasoning with our heads? Turn over control of our lives to our hearts. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. I pray all children will know him and never, never stop believing. Brilliant. What a brilliant letter my dad wrote. It hit every point perfectly. It talked about how there can be an understanding of having both of these men in the holiday season and both of them playing a very important role. Children do not understand Jesus. A lot of adults don't either. Maybe not everybody's connected with Jesus. Maybe not everybody's connected with that faith. But there's something between the two of them where they cover a lot of folks and they're able to make the holidays what they are. Why take one away from the children? Why do that? Because you want to push this agenda ahead. There's a, there's a, there's a part of me that, that believes this was not part of the debate that my dad was having, but what I've carried forward with this. How do you know your children are going to believe in Jesus? Maybe there's another religion they're going to walk in the light of. Maybe your children are going to be agnostic. Does that mean that they're not supposed to understand gifts and giving and love that, that we find at the end of the year, that time in December that we use as a reminder of how important that is? Are you going to take that away from them? I'm not sitting here promoting moving away from the church. Again, I'm a faith-based guy. But I understand that there are people out there that aren't that way. Why take that away from them? But the children, why take this away from children? There's another part of this that kind of chaps my rear end uh, when it comes to adults in the church, the number one thing I have a problem with when it comes to faith. I, I, would, I have long contended that adults do not fully understand Easter. Most of you don't. The, those of you within an earshot of me, 80% of you do not understand Easter. Well, of course I do, Chad. Of course I do. We go, it's about Jesus's redemption. It's about him coming back. It's about seeing yourself through the bad times. It's about understanding that it is never ending, that there is always hope. No, it is not. Easter is not about Sunday. Easter is about the Thursday before. Easter is about the Friday. Easter is about the emptiness that existed on Saturday. Those of you that are my Christian friends, if you have never gone through those four days, through Monday, Thursday services, if you have never read about that, if you've never spent Saturday in reflection, then you do not understand Easter either. And I'm not saying that as a know-it-all. I'm telling you, it is very easy for you to not understand the importance that a secular thing can teach us about our own religious ideology. There's nothing wrong with it. Children don't understand the pain that was going on with humans at the time that Jesus was born. Children do not understand the entire story, but they get what Santa Claus has. And then one day, my children, I will be able to take that stuff that they learned about giving and love and unconditional 
uh, uh, love from your heart from someone who just feels this way towards you, who promotes you being good, who wants you to show that to other people. Yes, I've told you it was about Santa Claus. Let me let me tell you where for me it really comes from now that you're older and can understand. Do those parents make their kids learn to ride a bike without training wheels on it? There is nothing wrong with it. My get my dad got lambasted by the Baptist church after he wrote this. And they were wrong. My dad had people in his own church that probably today still hold it against him. And they're wrong. The question, though, is not what about dad's response made them angry. Why did they allow themselves to become angry with this? One of the things that I've noticed about social media over the past year and the study that I've done over this year with it is two things. Number one, the thing that I think is the most incredible thing about social media is all this crap used to just exist in people's heads. They just didn't say it out loud. <laughs> That's what we're looking at is the dark crap that exists in people's heads. Oh, my God. But the other thing that I've noticed is you can tell when people are going through a bad time in their life because they become way too sensitive. I love reading things that I don't agree with. I love listening to podcasts or going to websites or even following on Twitter people that I do not agree with because I am curious what their thoughts are. I think they're insane a lot of times, sure. Sometimes, though, it's in, it probably for the most part, it's like, eh, I see where you're coming from. I just don't believe that to be true. And that's okay. But now I know. And so when I'm talking to someone, I understand. Look, I've got a friend that still still believes that Colin Kaepernick is not playing because the NFL had it out against him. Okay, I can kind of understand that. I'm curious, too, why the Denver Broncos pulled that offer right off the table. It seems like there could be collusion there. There does need to be an investigation. And if they find that one, then the NFL needs to pay for that. That's exactly right. Colin Kaepernick got let go from the 49ers, not because of what he did in 2016, but because of what he did in 2015. Because Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith, two very good, very well-respected wide receivers in the NFL, after the fifth game of the year, came out and said, Colin Kaepernick has lost the locker room. He is not a leader. We need to get him off this team. We never like to talk about that part, though. We don't, we, don't, we want to make it about his kneeling. Okay, that's fine. He, the, look, the kid knew his career was over because Anquan Bolden came out and said that. No one wants to ask Anquan Bolden anymore about that. I find that to be very... Very funny. There were articles written about that. They never seem to be brought up anywhere. <laughs> but I've got a friend that believes. He believes. He believes that everything about Colin Kaepernick is right on truth. Obviously, I do not believe that. And I don't know. I can use facts to point that out. But I also understand that when we get into a discussion about sports and the social importance of things that are going on with it, I don't have to debate him on that point. I already know how he feels. So as we move forward, well, he's a guy that believes this about that. So I understand when he says this. I don't have to walk down that road with him. I want to know what this overall thing is. So there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. It's the same thing we see in religion. I'll talk religion to Jewish friends or even Baptist friends. And I get it. Like, yeah, I get this part of your doctrine, whatever. I know that you're going to think that. that, that that's fine. We're talking about this over here, like outside of anything that's addressed by either of our doctors. We're talking about theory, but at least I understand where you come from, so we don't have to get bogged down in that. There's something there's something wonderful about that. But what happens is when we're in a bad place, when we're in a negative place, then we want to debate everything, don't we? We want to fight every battle. We want to stop every every opposing idea from moving forward. 
And what are we doing? We're regressing and trying to pull everybody else with us. No, but Chad, I just think it's time we quit lying to each other. Why are we lying about Santa Claus? Because our children need training wheels. Because we need to remind everybody, not just Christians, how important love, acceptance, giving, all that is. Oh, I know. I know that adults know the truth about Santa Claus, but they can still watch It's a Wonderful Life. They can still understand the season. We can all sit back and believe in the spirit of what that man is. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It hurts no one. Taking it away and stomping on it does. You know, I'll tell you what I did wrong last year. I got too bogged down in negativity and my own attitude. I let things influence me that I shouldn't have. I let things bring me down that I should have stayed away from. I'm not making a resolution this year, but I am going to try something different. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Not all of them. I've got a couple of things that I'm going to try, a couple of challenges I've given myself, not necessarily a resolution, but a way to maybe find uh, a means to an end of a couple of things that I've been wanting to do now for a couple of years. But I will tell you this. I'm going to spend more time being positive within my own mind first. In the show that we did last night, Maria and I talked about why we took a break and why we didn't do welding a family. And it just, so you know, and just to pique your interest a little bit, it's not just because of the holidays. I want you to know that there is something that happens with any of us when we try to portray something that we're not. And it can last for a while, but not forever. But the truth of the matter is it does more damage to us than it does to other people. I don't know about you. But part of what my dad said in that letter sticks out to me more at this age than any other age. There's nothing wrong with letting your heart live a little. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I thrive in being pragmatic. Facts don't care about your feelings. You have to look at things not through the emotional lens all the time, sure. But what is wrong with letting kids be kids? And what is wrong with letting yourself be a kid a little bit too? Life is hard, man. Life is tough. And life doesn't get easier. You just have to get better at it. Life can sometimes feel almost impossible. What is wrong with letting go? What is wrong with just being a kid every now and then? What is wrong with just giving for no other reason except to give? What is wrong with doing things nice for people? Being silly. Letting yourself love. Going out there and pushing forth in an emotional-based area just for a little while. There's nothing wrong with it. Oh, it shouldn't rule your life. Too much of anything is a bad thing. But putting or, or, or not putting your heart into anything is just as horrible. This year, this year I ask that you do that. You start to find yourself going down a bad hill. Why don't you just make sure you're not doing something? Do you tell yourself a little bit more that you're doing a good job? And if not, tell yourself you believe you can. Surround yourself with better people. If you feel trapped by your friends, go find other friends. Chad, it's impossible. No, it's not. It's hard as hell, but you can do it. I promise you can. Same thing with your job. 
relationships, anything. You can make it better or you can find a better situation. Take care of what's going on inside you. Be silly a little bit more. Love a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with it. So, yes, I am asking you, believe in Santa Claus, not just at Christmas, but all year, and allow for other people to believe in it, too. There's nothing wrong with believing that the world can be better. If we want to make it stop being so nasty, it is up to each one of us individually to do so. So go do it. Yes, don't let me catch your ass sitting on my uh, workout machine doing thumb day. Ah, that. Don't make the negative Nancy come out this early in the year. (laughs) No, take your time, son. You're not going to be there that long. You'll be gone by February. You, You know who I love seeing, though? Is the person when I'm sitting there and I'm scowling underneath my breath, there's always one or two. That come March, they're still there. In June, I still see them. Every now and then, I was at the gym the other day, and I saw a guy that's uh, lost a good bit of weight. And I remember a couple of years ago when he was that guy on the machine, and he's still there. Yeah, some people do follow through with them. Some people do. Some people do see him through. If you are that type of person, good luck to you. I truly do mean that. If you're not, just share the lane in the pool a little bit more. Just make it a little bit easier, please. If you want to find out more about this and other shows, go check out localbarmedia.com. If you want to hear the other show again, I please ask that you give Welding a Family a shot. I think you'll really enjoy it. I look forward to a good, hopefully prosperous, very fun 2019. I hope you guys do as well. I'm looking forward to a couple of surprises, hopefully, being launched here in the next few weeks. If anything, Happy New Year, and until next week, take care. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Remember, you can go support us, patreon.com slash localbar. Hope you have a great start to your year. We will see you next week. Take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.